Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Warning. This program may contain material of an explicit or graphic nature. Viewer discretion is advised. Broadcasting Undead from the B-War, this is the Postmortem Show. I'm Dom. And I'm JD. And today, we're going to bring you our top five horror movies that are so bad that they become good. Kind of my favorite genre of horror, really. (laughs) As suggested by one of our listeners and one of our generous patrons, Mr. Mark Bartlett. Uh, It wasn't Biff this time? It was not Biff this time. An actual listener suggested it. So, thank you for your suggestion, Mark, and for being a patron. And, uh, yeah, top five horror movies that are so bad that they're good. Yeah, we're coming back around with a good movie and the bad movie, too. Good movie and bad movie? But before we get to that, we got a little bit of horror news for you. Horror news! Cinestate, the company behind the resurgence of Fangoria, as well as the upcoming Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, is developing a remake of Full Moon's Stuart Gordon-directed Castle Freak, with the original star, Barbara Crampton, producing. Spe- is Jeffrey Combs there? No Jeffrey Combs, oh. unfortunately. Speaking with Daily Dead, the horror icon just teased the approach of the remake. The script is being written right now, and we're looking to shoot sometime later this year, beginning of next year, Crampton told the site. All the elements for that are coming together really well, and it's going to be an updated version of the old film to have a fresher start and some different characters, with more of the freak in his backstory. She continued, Also, our goal is to enhance a lot of the Lovecraft elements in the movie and bring the Lovecraft universe a little bit more to life and a little bit more in the forefront of the movie. Nice. I'm really excited to read the final version, but we've all been working with the writer on the story elements, and it's looking really good. So I'm very excited about that as well. You know, we should uh, do a Nostalgia Killers with Castle Freak. It's on uh, uh, Shudder. Yeah, it is on Shudder. I have the um, DVD and the VHS nice. too. 
So I haven't, uh, if you I haven't seen do, that movie uh, in like fucking 15 years maybe. So Around the Fire VHS tape productions. <laughs> that's what I'm doing lately. I lost the remote though, so I can't rewind. Oh. I got to play them from where they <laughs> wherever they, <laughs> where are. they start. <laughs> the, you, you don't have a rewind button on the on the VCR? No, the VCR that I'm using is like a brick. It's so heavy and wow. big. And the remote is like the size of a VHS tape. <laughs> and I lost it. Wow. <laughs> I have skills at losing things. Yeah, for real. That's that's impressive, actually. <laughs> in the 1995 film, Castle Freak, a man struggles to save his family from the strange and deadly occurrences in the castle they just inherited. Castle Freak will be directed by special effects artist Tate Sizek and produced by the legendary Charles Band of Full Moon Pictures. Nice. So Charles Band making a return to Castle Freak. Uh, I hate remakes, but I will watch this. Barbara Crampton involved... Yeah, you know you got you got Barbara Crampton. She's she's swinging Lovecraft. She's yeah. saying Lovecraft. She's she's throwing it out there. She's she's baiting the hook. It's smelling like fish already. Yeah, and yeah. I don't want to throw it back. She, I want to watch it. She sounds like she's like like it's actually a legitimate legitimate like passion project for her. And that's yeah, good to definitely. see that like you know some like of the screen queens when they're younger as they get older they kind of disassociate themselves from horror and that fucking sucks. But like she's going in it fucking with with both feet. Definitely, and uh, you know, I looked up the the director who's predominantly known for his special effects. He's done a couple shorts, mm-hmm. but his name's Tate Steinsiak, and he's done a lot of effects on a bunch of different stuff, even like Spider Man and stuff. Huh. He's done a bunch of effects, but not a lot of directing credits, not a lot of writing credits. Hmm. So, well, it's interesting to see where it goes. That can go one way or the other, because like Stan Winston directed the first Pumpkinhead, and while the special effects in that movie are cool, the rest of the movie is kind of eh. So. <laughs> We'll yeah. see. Jordan Vote Roberts, who recently uh, did Kong Skull Island, plans to step behind the camera to direct a feature film adaptation of Hideo Kojima's Metal Gear video game franchise. A script penned by Derek Connolly has already been turned in. Been turned in. Nothing is official yet, but Vote Roberts has spent the past month teasing what might be on the horizon. Speaking with Screen Rant, he now promises the adaptation will fully lean into the weird. You know the beauty of... This is what he says. You know the beauty of Metal Gear, and the reason I give our producers in the studio a ton of credit is because I went in and said, let's embrace the fact that this is weird. Let's embrace the fact that there are supernatural elements to this game and that there are horror elements to this game. Vote Roberts uh, also said, let's embrace the fact that there are weird Japanese quirkiness and idiosyncrasies and oddities that are all framed around this very self-serious world, and let's lean into those things, and let's have it be unique and unlike anything else because it represents those things, and let's have the rest of the world fall in love with it because of uh, that as opposed to trying to make it something else. So I'm stoked on this because I I love the Metal Gear franchise. I've never played any of those games. Um, I thought it was like a... Call of Duty or something. No, it's... Uh, so, the the first game for Nintendo is, is not very good. It's based on a computer game that was very good. Um, but from PlayStation on, the the franchise became like an isometric view, first-person shooter in between, like, like stealth, recon, kill the guys, assassination. Uh, but then from Metal Gear Solid, it started to get weirder and weirder as it went. Like, they introduced this character, Psycho Mantis, who's like a telekinetic who can read your mind, and his face is all fucked up and looks like a skull because of all the uh, experiments that were done on him. And the way you beat Psycho Mantis, and you had to figure this out, is you had to unplug the controller from player one to player two and plug it back in because he could read what you were doing on the controls because he could supposedly read your mind. And so, like, started throwing in these little tricks, and then by the time Metal Gear Sons of Liberty came out, it went full-on horror, like, psychological horror, with your character going crazy, and, like, the way they convey it is, 
like you never know what's reality in the game. Like sometimes there will, you'll see enemies there that aren't there, or sometimes like you'll you'll hear sounds that aren't happening. And as the game goes into full blown insanity, like you'll start getting game over screens in the middle of gameplay, and you'll have to like play around it. So That's it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it was all about the fucking psychological horror and like and like going crazy. And as the series progressed, they added more and more of those elements. And it doesn't get the credit that it deserves for like the horror that it brings into it. You know, because people just think of it as a, as a military espionage. Yeah, I thought game. it was like Tom Clancy, yeah. Ghost, whatever. Yeah. You know, it laid the framework for that, but it's so much more than that. It's like that and David Lynch's world. That's why I like Doom and Duke Nukem so much, and Half Life is because they are horror sci fi yeah. related. In addition to just a shooter, yeah. See, like I'm not a big fan of Call of Duty and shit because it's yeah, just me either. Just a military game. I like the you know the craziness and horror of Half Life. Yeah. Duke Nukem, you know, giant robot aliens and shit. Yeah. And Doom, the demons. You know, that's the kind of shit I like. Yeah. For, and for Me- games. Metal Gear is like if you took if you took a combination of John Carpenter and and James Bond movies and you put them together and you put them in David Lynch's world and then you add mechs to it. I it's really, badass. All I need, you know, I, I, with the combination of those games, the only other game I love more than all those games is NHL. So <laughs> if I can have a Lovecraftian hockey game with, like, Doom elements... <laughs> Mutant League hockey. <laughs> no, it doesn't hit on all cylinders. The gameplay is not there. Yeah, it's, it's pretty clunky. It's not like Mutant League football. Yeah, but if they remade something like that with that better would be gameplay, cool. that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so... Alex Esso, who played the main character Sarah in Starry Eyes. Remember Starry Eyes? Yeah, great movie. Great movie, right? Set to play Wendy Torrance in Doctor Sleep, a continuation of the storyline from The Shining. Really? She joins Ewan McGregor as adult Danny Torrance and director Mike Flanagan. She's so, she's young, though. How is she going to play... Again? I don't know. She must have died right after the thing. Watch, she's going to be flashbacks or like seeing his mom. Yeah, that's young, probably... So it's going to be something like that. I haven't yeah. read Doctor Sleep, uh, you know, but I don't know the story of it, but... The movie seems to be shaping up, and I love Starry Eyes, and she made it work. She's yeah. great. Well, you, Ewan McGregor's a great actor. You know, he, he's in a lot of shitty movies, but he's a great actor. And obviously, Mike Flanagan can turn fucking you know chicken shit into chicken salad. Well, and she's he, a great addition. He rewrote the script. Flanagan did. Yeah, Flanagan rewrote the script from Akiva Goldman's adaptation, and uh, it picks up where the Red Room kid is in his 40s and struggling with the same demons of anger and alcoholism that plagued his father. So almost kind of like probably exhibiting some of the symptoms that Jack Torrance did. There's direct connections to the story in the Overlook Hotel and the incidents there that inform The Shining, while Kubrick directed the classic 1980 that starred Jack Nicholson, Duvall, Danny Lloyd, and Scatman Carruthers. Scatman, I'm a Scatman. Scatman Crothers in your bushes. <laughs> Scatman Crothers. There's a Scatman in my bushes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, leading Italian comics publisher Sergio Bonelli Editore is branching out into TV production with plans to make an English language show based on the cult horror series Dylan Dog, plus other projects based on its properties. Um,. A 2011 Hollywood indie movie adaptation, Dylan Dog, Dead of Night, bombed in the box office and was a terrible movie, but that should not dissuade fans from being excited as Dylan Dog was more accurately adapted in the 1994 Italian-American co-production Cemetery Man. Dylan Dog... Oh, really? Yeah. I had no idea the two were related yeah, so, at all. I had no idea about the comic book, but I saw a little bit of that Dylan Dog, Dead of Night, and uh-huh. I turned it off. Yeah, Dylan Dog, Dead of Night was an awful movie. Um, Cemetery Man's great. Yeah, and Cemetery Man was... They, they basically, they wanted to make a Dylan Dog movie, and they wrote a script for a Dylan Dog movie, and then lost the licensing at the very end. So they changed everyone's names. 
but it's still a fucking Dylan Dog movie through and through. Oh, okay. Um, and the Dylan Dog comic books are great. He's basically like a, a, a supernatural private eye. And, uh, you know, he, he uses occult magic and shit like that. But he's not like a wizard or a magician. He just fucking finds shit and uses whatever's at his disposal. Like tombs and stuff. Yeah. Like he finds, like, like literature that he can read. Yeah, exactly. Like little one-off spells he can cast, but he Potions. can't just do magic. And there's yeah. always mummies and vampires and zombies. Like, you know, it's, it's Italian horror and they fucking love their zombies. So, like, yeah. they always try to find a way to incorporate that. Yeah, the comic books are great. And uh, they're actually, they're published in the U.S. by Dark Horse Comics. Um, and they're actually going to be uh, re-releasing all of them to coincide with the release of the show. Um, the uh, show will be given a 10-episode uh, run for the first season. They'll see how it goes. And they're looking for American distribution on it right now. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. I mean, I like those elements, but I'm not so much into the comic book movies. Dylan Dog is like EC Comics, though. Yeah. Like, it's, it's that style. It's it's you know Graphic violent and more than yeah, comic book. yeah yeah not superheroes yeah. fucked up stories yeah there's no superheroes in Dylan Dog's world like all the magic that he stumbles into is like you know there's always worse consequences for the magic that he uses than the benefit that it gives him yeah have you heard of the uh, horror movie um, baking the curious creations uh, Christine's creepy creations no it's on Instagram but Christine McConnell is an artist photographer and baker. Became Instagram famous thanks to her creepy homemade baked goods. She now has over 250,000 followers on Instagram and is now getting a horror movie related cooking show on Netflix. Interesting, because we were just talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) With Curious Creations, which is being produced by the Jim Henson Company and Wilshire Studios, McConnell will welcome viewers into her her terrifyingly delicious home. In every episode, she will bake, sculpt, and sew to create delectable confections and hauntingly disturbing decor. With the help of her colorful collection of creatures. So it's going to be puppets. Her and a bunch of puppets in the house making things. Like almost... I don't know if it's going to be kid related or what. But my girls love to watch these baking challenge yeah. shows. Like kids bake off. I, I gotta say, I kind of like them too. They're, and, they're, there's something crazy about them that I enjoy. <laughs> well, and we also like to watch Face Off. Yeah. And this is like a combination of both of those two shows. And I think that... Um, me and my kids are going to love this one. Yeah. Jim Henson ter- Company is stepping into a lot of adult territory with, like, the Happy Time Murders and, and now this. And, you know, it sounds like Brian Henson's, like, taking things in a dark direction now that he's taking it over. Well, uh, she makes the cool things like face huggers and stuff. Okay. Like, edible face huggers and, like, all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, so it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like a cooking show mixed with the core mixed with Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of like that. So... Hopefully the uh, it will be like the core and like guests will be attacked by the baked goods. That would be great. Yeah, <laughs> attacking the killer dead. I, I want I want to know what Danzig's recipes are. <laughs> yeah, Danzig was the best part of the core. Yeah, so. for sure. So I've got some uh, some weird real world news that isn't necessarily horror, but is definitely post mortem appropriate. British mom turned Instagram model turned fashion blogger Tracy Kiss has decided to memorialize her private parts by turning them into jewelry. Earlier this year, Kiss underwent labiaplasty in part to remove a cyst that doctors said was caused by friction in her vagina. <laughs> she blogged about the experience in very, very elaborate detail. That, wait, on, that's our rating system. Vaginal friction. Vaginal friction. I was going to say uh, scatmen in our bushes. <laughs> How many scatmen are in the bushes? But vaginal friction cyst, that's got to be it. Um, so she blogged about this in very elaborate detail, and she also saved some of the parts removed during the surgery and turned them into a choker. Kiss decided to make the labia heirloom as a trophy for overcoming the pain of the experience that the experience caused her. She said, I also have my old breast implants. 
Unfortunately, the surgical fluid they restored didn't turn them gray, so I wanted long-term option of preservation. The removed skin around uh, Kiss's vagina also turned gray from the surgical fluid, so she perked things up by covering her leftover labia in glitter. I was thinking <laughs> glittered labias. <laughs> uh, she finished the choker about a month ago and currently glittery wears... Glittery vaginal cysts? <laughs> glittery, glittery vaginal cysts. <laughs> <laughs> So, she says, all in all, I'm really pleased with my pendant. Its contents may not be immediately obvious to the unsuspecting eye or to everyone's taste, but that's the beauty of it. She's no stranger to using body parts or bodily fluids as fashion statements. In November 2015, she went viral for a video extolling the supposed benefits of sperm facials. <laughs> she sounds like our kind of girl. <laughs> she, she sounds like she should be a sponsor of the Bush yeah. Show. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to start my own jewelry business, and I'm going to put things in it that people don't, I'll never tell them that they're in there. Yeah. They'll just buy my jewelry for my craftsmanship and skill. <laughs> from your Etsy page? From my, from my Etsy, jdhor.etsy.com. <laughs> my toenails inside of my <laughs> We should send that to our patrons. <laughs> <laughs> What, toenail pendants? Yeah. <laughs> it's Biff, Biff's hair. Weave Biff's hair into like little dolls. Into braids. <laughs> little little straw dolls made out of Biff's hair for all the patrons. Voodoo Biff dolls. <laughs> oh, they're going to kill Biff. Oh, no. <laughs> the show will be ruined forever. Alright, that's it for me. That's it for Horror News. We will be back with the good movie and the bad movie after this. Up right now on the Postmortem Show Patreon. We have creepy pastas. Hey, it's a creepy pasta. That's a spicy horror meatball. We have postmortem off topic. As well as Strogues Docks. Strogues Docks. We've been sending out stickers to all of our patrons, as well as handwritten letters, letters of love, listener shoutouts. And if you go check out our music section, you can hear music from Weapon A, Grave Command, Public Defecation, Old Scratch in the Necrophonic Orchestra, and Mechanical Ghost. As well as the Best of JD Horror Deathmatch Series Volume 1 DVD Video Download. We have shirts coming for our $50 patrons, as well as you patrons that are below the $50 level. We will be giving discounts on the short shirts to sell on the website as well. So, more stuff coming, new off-topics, new creepypastas, a lot more on Postmortem Show Patreon. Thank you if you're a patron, and if you're not a patron, why the fuck not? Just give us one month. One month. You won't be sorry. It'll change your life. <laughs> and you get the episodes early. That's Forgot right. to say that. Yeah. You get the episodes early every week. We're going to do this, this commercial every week and kind of update it, so... Until all of you are patrons. <laughs> Until all so of you are patrons. So if you're sick of it, do your part in making us not have this commercial anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks a lot, guys. It's time for the good movie. And the bad movie. <laughs> okay, we're back with the good movie and the bad movie. Dom, you got a good movie this week? I have a surprisingly good movie. Me too. Surprisingly good, and one that I had never heard of. Yeah. Found it randomly. Yeah, mine too. Cool. Yeah. It'd be weird if it was the same movie. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I'll start us off this week, okay? So, my bad movie this week. Streaming now on Netflix, 2012, directed by Andrew C. Aaron, starring Margaret Moreau, who was 
like Wet Hot American Summer and The Girl and Queen of the Dam. Okay. Lead, uh, Richard Riculo and Abby Brammel. Playdate. Playdate. It's an interesting title. It's a mom and kids playdate horror movie. Interesting. I, this is like you watching your horrible ghost movies that you know are going to suck. Right. I don't know why. I, I don't know, know though. It's an interesting concept. Like a lot could go wrong in a movie called Playdate. Yeah, and I was honestly not even intending on reviewing this movie. I was just like all sunburnt on the couch, all sprawled out, I was all <laughs> hung over in the morning. Couldn't think of anything to watch. I just turned it on, clicked it on randomly to have something on. And then I started feeling a little better. I took some notes. So. After befriending a family that has just moved in next door, Emily Valentine, which is the most stereotypical horror name of all time, Emily <laughs> they're, Valentine. They're always either named like Emily or Zoe. But or... Emily Valentine? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, that's, that's a bad setup. There. Begins to realize that new neighbors are hiding a deadly secret. When her daughter is accidentally hurt on a play date with her neighbor's son, Emily digs deeper and uncovers something in the family's past, not realizing that they will do anything to make sure that it stays a secret. Oh. Mysterious. Incest. <laughs> no, that's not... Yeah. That would be dark, though. Yeah. <laughs> so when, when the Moors move in next door, the Valentines go introduce themselves, but are a little intrusive, even though they are the main characters. They go up to them and, like, introduce themselves when they're, like... Like, trying to be like, oh, you want to come over for dinner? They're, like, trying to, like, move a box into their house. And she's like, uh... And it comes off really bad. Like, I don't think they intended it for it to come off like the main characters are overly intrusive. Mm -hmm. I think it's supposed to be like the other people are like, oh, no, we have something to hide. But the way I was picking up, I'm like, god damn, get the hell away from me. I'm moving (laughs) into my house. Like, this is not the time, people. Have a little tact. So, going back to the name Emily Valentine, when you read the synopsis, was that the synopsis that you wrote? Or is that the synopsis that was on, like, IMDb? IMDb. I always, whenever I review a movie... I was telling you in it. I read the stupid IMDb synopsis. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the, I read the synopsis that the movie itself puts out right. publicly yeah. before I, I, I get into burying it or I, loving it. I do that too, but I've found that when a movie specifically mentions the character's name in its synopsis, like it means something, the movie's going to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's like a sequel when you know right. Jason yeah. Voorhees yeah. returns from yeah. the if, if it's something where it's big, but if it's some fucking independent movie where you've never heard of the director or anyone in it and they're like... Fucking Margot fucking Emily Steen. Like, okay, you're, you're, you're already full of yourself. So the daughter, Olive, makes friends with the more son, Billy, the younger son. Her name is Olive? Her name is Olive. <laughs> but he's a little off. He asks her to be blood brothers in the first time they ever meet and cuts his hand and tries to make her blood brothers. So already a little bit tropey, right? Yeah. His big brother, Titus, is even weirder. Socially awkward, almost silent, with weird bruises, and a knowledge of fine cars. And named Titus. Is there a Brayden in this movie? <laughs> the Valentine's... Bre- no, there should be an Aiden. Aiden, Aiden or a Brayden <laughs> or fucking Slayden. Valentine's bring over one next door... Dinner one night next door to the ne- new neighbors when a man breaks in and Brian Valentine has to tackle him through a shitty table in the worst-looking shitty bump ever. <laughs> Brian <laughs> Valentine. <laughs> Brian Valentine won't stand for this <laughs> intrusion. <laughs> Does he speak in third person? Because that would make him awesome. He, he's played by Greg the Hammer Valentine. <laughs> Current day, looks like a trucker lesbian. 
<laughs> when the cops drag the intruder out and keep saying that he wants his son back, but they took him, and they're going to take yours too. Almost like an old man Fred, or what, what is his name? Old man Fred, is it? Something like that, yeah. Well, crazy old Ralph. Yeah. Old man Ralph. That that, that trope of, <laughs> yeah. like, there's, a, there's the old guy that warns you of something. Yeah. Tamara explains that the man is her ex-husband, but she's obviously bullshitting. This leads to question is, who really moved into the neighborhood? Dun-dun-dun. And maybe you should keep your door locked. This movie has a lot of problems. It's super predictable, formulaic, sort of plays out like an after-school special or maybe a Lifetime movie. The acting is flat, but the main problem is the sympathetic characters are unlikable. This movie serves up its plot devices on silver platter and even shows you flashbacks of things that already happened to make sure oh, that you got it the God, first time. Ate that. <laughs> oh, that, that really meant something in the first act. When you didn't think it did, this is what was happening. Uh, they just fucking rehashed the scene to fill time. It's like a thriller made for a five-year-old to understand. The plot premise has been done time and time again. I would have rated this a full two points lower if it wasn't for the awesome promo of certain character cuts. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Because it's kind of a spoiler choice. Is it thing. Brian Valentine <laughs> cutting a promo? Possibly, but no. He says, I want you to imagine your worst nightmares and put my face on them. Right before he kills somebody. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. IMDb gives it a 4.6. I would agree. So I'm going to give it 4.6 glittery vaginal cysts. Cis? <laughs> glittery Necrosis? vaginal cysts. That's what I wrote down. Glittery <laughs> vaginal cyst pendants. <laughs> Good. I like it. It gives me a plus one in wisdom and a plus two in feminism. <laughs> and a plus three in finger banging. <laughs> All right. My Bad Movie is a 2017 documentary directed by Seth Breedlove, streaming now on Amazon Prime. Seth Breedlove? Seth Breedlove. Breedlove. It's not porn. <laughs> Seth Breedlove is the best professional wrestling game of all time. <laughs> it's a travesty that it's never happened. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, this one's called The Mothman of Point Pleasant. Learn the terrifying true story about 13 months that changed history. In November of 1966, a car full of kids encountered a creature unlike anything they'd ever seen before. In the weeks and months to follow, the monster known as the Mothman was sighted again and again on country roads and around the state of West Virginia. Country roads, take me home to a place I belong. So your your rendition of Country Roads at this moment was a thousand times more interesting than this movie was. <laughs> <laughs> so this documentary is very dry and very boring. It mostly is just uh, interviews with supposed witnesses to the Mothman phenomenon and very, very, very bad CG reenactments. Like, <laughs> there's this, like, shitty, like, PlayStation graphic Mothman, like, flapping its wings and flying through the air like something would fly on South Park. Is it, like, Destination America? Um, it's worse. Called? Haunted or a ghost haunting or a ghost yeah. story? It's, something it's, something yeah, like that. It's worse than any of that stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, like, 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 the shitty graphics that they have on, like, like Destination Truth. Or, <laughs> have like, you seen the, the Animal Planet show that's all about people's pets that are haunted or like yeah yeah i I tried to sit through that it's it's that it's worse than that yeah (laughs) these graphics are awful and then they're like they they kept using the same thing of like 
like the the Mothman graphic flying across the screen or like standing there flapping its wings with its eyes glowing and then zooming in on someone's scared face but it's like a a, a graphic uh, also it's it's a CG like witness and it's always the same ooh like zooming in on open <laughs> eyes and like the the circular mouth it's fucking terrible you know what we we kind of need a good Mothman movie though yeah they're really like I'm, I'm going to get into that in just a second um, so I think they were trying to come off as neutral towards the whole series of events, but it more just felt like everyone involved was disinterested. Like it would be like some fucking dude in in you know overall standing there like, "Yep, saw the mouth man." <laughs> yep, yeah, uh, that the mo- that three weeks ago, <laughs> and that's how uh, I was parking tractor and come up and tied up with a Betsy and Betsy come around at two o'clock like. I go out there, I say, Betsy, what's that, Rick? Calm it down, Betsy. Calm it down. About 312, again. Goddamn mouth, man. Goddamn mouth, man. That little monologue you just did, a thousand times more interesting than this documentary. <laughs> the, the most interesting part about this documentary was when they talked about uh, the bridge collapse that happened in Point Pleasant, that, like the Mothman was supposedly a warning of, and how that affected the community. Like, that part was interesting. And the most disappointing part was that there really was no exploration of what the Mothman could have been. It was just like, yep, he showed up. <laughs> they, well, bitch. <laughs> he, he fucked my cow. <laughs> And they also, and this was a fucking travesty, they glossed over the entire men in black angle surrounding the story, which is like the ultimate and most interesting part yeah, of the thing. Yeah, it's like a cover-up kind of thing. Yeah, right? yeah. And or, the, the predicting disasters yeah, too. Yeah, it, it, it like kind of talked about the predicting of the disaster a little bit, but it was like, yep, he showed up, bridge collapsed. And then it went into this whole thing about the fucking Mothman store in Point Pleasant, like how there's this fucking tourist trap store there. <laughs> I know we shouldn't have made that bridge all lighted up. That Mothman, he was so attracted to it. He kept chewing little holes in it every night. <laughs> One day it collapsed. And my Betsy, she was on the bridge. <laughs> she went floating down the river. <laughs> so on the whole, this was an uninspired look at a subject that I actually find interesting. And yet somehow these filmmakers managed to make it seem boring. Um, while there are several good books written on the subject and many good podcasts that have covered it, there is no truly definitive documentary on the subject, and this one is definitely not it. You know, the Mothman prophecies with and, uh, what's what's the gerbil ass guy's name? Richard Gere. Richard Gere. Yeah, that you know that movie was a, a, a pale, pale imitation of the book. The book is great. If someone, if they would make a mini series, because there was a lot of shit going on in the book. If they made a miniseries that was just a faithful adaptation of the book, it would be great. But nobody's done it. If Don't they... you just gloss over that gerbil story. <laughs> like it never happened. <laughs> it That's just... our end music this week. Hide the hamster by the Dagelow abortions. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't really a hamster. It was a, <laughs> it was a tiny moth man! <laughs> Again, more interesting than this documentary. <laughs> so, for some reason, this movie has a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Which I think has everything to do with Aunt Shirley's. Aunt Shirley's, yeah. huh? Yeah, I, I really think that that's what it is. Because there are a few like positive reviews on it, and they're totally Aunt Shirley reviews. <laughs> so I'm going to give this one 
because I did get a good laugh out of some of the shitty CG, and they there was a little bit of an interesting part talking about the um, how how the bridge collapse affected the town. That's enough for me to give this three out of ten glittery vaginal cis pendants. <laughs> three out of ten glittery vaginal cis. I, w- I almost gave it a four, but since your your little uh, reenactment of the interviews there was so much more interesting than the movie, I graded it down one more point. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to turn that little reenactment into a creepypasta. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to right the wrongs. Okay. Her fashion the bridge. I knew we shouldn't have lied up. For great vengeance. The citizens of the small community sued Lightbright for all they had. <laughs> all right, my good movie this week. Streaming now on Shudder. 2004, written and directed by special effects artist Robert Hall, based on his real life. Starring Brett Harrison, Laura Prepon, who's uh, Orange is the New Black and 70 Showgirl, Ashley Lawrence from Hellraiser, wow. and Kevin Gage, Lightning Bug. I haven't watched this yet. I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it yet. IMDb says, Set in the South, a young boy who longs to escape the misery of his childhood and the misunderstandings of his hometown. A gifted, self-taught, special effects makeup artist, Green, dreams of going to Hollywood to make his own monsters, but the real demons of Green's life threaten to hold him back. A drunken stepfather terrorizes his mother, a group of religious fanatics who want to destroy his work, and the love of a girl who can't let go of small-town life. That sounds like the worst fucking movie I've ever heard of. Yeah. I would avoid this at all costs based on that synopsis. I'm glad I didn't read the synopsis prior to watching the movie because yeah. I probably would have shit all over it and never even gave it the time of day. That sounds so fucking horrible. Yeah. And it sounds like it's putting himself over if you know it's made a gifted, self-taught, special... Yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds it's so... Like, it's like every writer making their main it, character it, an author. It, it sounds that way, but this movie works. Okay. So. Is he Tommy Jarvis? <laughs> he kind of is. I'm going to get to that. And so he's kind of similar to the 80s comedy Summer School in that it's not explicitly a horror movie. It just has great practical horror effects. Except for, I don't know why it's on Shudder, because this is more of a coming-of-age drama. It has horror elements. Mm-hmm. It does have some, some uh, great practical effects. And it's about a horror-related person. So you got to give it the pass on that. But it's, it's kind of mismarketed. It's marketed as a horror movie, which it is not. Okay. Green lives in a double-wide trailer in Alabama with his little brother and drunken hillbilly mom, played by Ashley Lawrence from Hellraiser, <laughs> who nails it. Nice. She, she hasn't up, done much since Hellraiser, either. Not really. Not not a whole lot. She hooks, up, she hooks up with local violent scumbag Earl, played by character actor and Strangeland alumni, Kevin Gage. You know, the cop from Strangeland? Yeah, he's good. He's in a bunch of yeah. different stuff. He's great, yeah. He scores a job making a haunted house, usually done by an old farmer, when he recreates the farmer's own pig, which is also named Bessie. I think that's where I stole that from right now. <laughs> His pig is named Bessie. And uh, he puts tentacles coming out of it like it's dead. Scare, almost scares him to death, but gets the job. He's really worried about his drunken mom and the piece of shit that she's dating, but life starts to turn around when he meets the punk rock horror movie obsessed video store clerk girl played by Donna from That 70s Show. Sounds very stereotypical, the horror movie girl, punk rock, yeah. working at the video store. But these, this movie uses tropes, and it works still. It's super fucking tropey, but mm. it's a great vibe. Okay. And I think it's because of the, the kid who played Green. So, And it's his first debut role, too. So everything is starting to turn around, but the haunted house is targeted by religious fanatics, and his mom's boyfriend's behavior escalates. 
I didn't think I would like this at first, but it has a little of everything. Practical effects, comedy that actually works and isn't overbearing trying too hard, which is rare. Yeah. Because this isn't a comedy horror movie. So the laughs it gives you are almost relief because this movie hits you hard, like on an emotional level. It's fucked up, you know? Uh, It's serious real-life situations, religious silhouettes, story of pursuing your dreams and overcoming the obstacles standing in your way. Just don't go into this expecting a horror movie. Like I said, it's horribly mismarketed, but deserves to be talked about on the show and seen by the listener. So it's more like a movie about horror than a horror movie. It's more like a movie about people who want to make horror movies that has horror movie elements. Like, if Jason wasn't in Friday the 13th with Tommy Jarvis making them ass and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, and there was like a subplot, but it was also horror related, and there's some cool stuff. If you're a horror fan, you're going to like this movie, and you're going to relate to that. So maybe that's why it's on Shudder, because it speaks to horror fans, because especially from watching the core, like... The guy who curates Shudder seems yeah. to take that stuff into consideration. Well, if you if you uh, watch uh, this movie and you're a horror fan, you're really going to appreciate it, especially if your parents didn't understand horror and shit on it, or some other people thought you were the weird kid mm-hmm. obsessed with, you know, the, you're going to be a serial killer. Yeah, you you're know? devil worshiper. Yeah, that kind of thing. You will really appreciate okay, it if, cool. if that's the case. So, Sort of how we talk about horror documentaries, this movie is based on the life story of a real horror effects artist, so... I'll give it a pass, as deserving to be talked about on the show. Old for- Farmer Tightwiller is one of my favorite characters I've seen in a while. Tightwiller? Tightwiller. 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 I don't know. Taintwilder. That's not, that's, not <laughs> that's not important, but yeah. this guy goes from, when he scares him with the pig trick, you know? He goes from like, oh, he's like having a heart attack, and then he starts laughing and stuff, and hires him, and he, he really supports him, like, even financially at a wow. point, and he just really, like... You're going to get out of this town, son. He's like this little pig farmer that just never got out of this small Bama community who just, like, takes this kid that needs a dad under his wing. Like, there's a whole lot of subplots in this movie that worked for me, you know? Especially as, like, that, I was that kid. Mm-hmm. I remember being, like, 10 years old, obsessed with horror movies, single mom raising me, you know, that whole yeah. thing. Like, I I was that kid, so that, maybe that's why it nailed me, nailed on. <laughs> maybe that's why it nailed me. I just spread wide over. It nailed you. It nailed me. <laughs> Maybe that's why it worked on all cylinders for me is what I should what I should say. So I don't know why, but it just really worked and connected with me. So cool. IMDb gives it a six point six. I think that's far too low. I'll give this eight point five glittery glittery vaginal labia cis pendants. Yeah. <laughs> I wish there were still Scatman Crothers in my bushes, because that'd be much easier to say. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll no, he's got to be. If he's in the bushes hiding, he's got to be doing it. He's still got to be he's standing like, the whole time. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> he, he just can't stop. Whispering it. Yeah, he just does it. And he's still like doing that little movement that he does the entire time. He's like sneaking around like an assassin. <laughs> Worst assassin S- ever. Sniper rifle is on the, on the fucking top. <laughs> he can't stop doing that little dance, so he always misses his target. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible assassin. <laughs> Great scatter. <laughs> All right, my good movie. Something I'd never heard of before. It's a 1979 supernatural horror movie directed by David Schmaller. Streaming now on Shutter. It's called Tourist Trap. I've seen that, but when I was a kid, a long yeah. time ago, I don't remember much about it. I'd, I'd never heard of it, and, and I'm, I'm surprised now that I've seen it. So a group of young friends stranded at a secluded roadside museum are stalked by a masked assailant who uses his telekinetic powers to control the attraction's mannequins. So this movie is a bit of a, like, pre-slasher movie boom insanity. 
It tells the story of a group of road-tripping college students who get stranded at a roadside attraction in Texas run by a lonely old widower harboring an insane telekinetic brother who is uh, very talented at making wax dummies out of people. Oh. <gasps> it's not like, wax. <laughs> it's like a combination of waxwork meets Texas t- Chainsaw Massacre meets Motel Hell with a little bit of Sam Raimi weirdness thrown in it for good measure. And though it's not as good as any of those movies, it's definitely a unique blend of craziness that you don't see a lot of anymore. Um, the acting in this movie is so-so for the most part. The highlights of the movie are, are Mr. Slauson and his crazed brother Davey, who are both played by veteran character actor Chuck Connors. Mr. Slauson is a sympathetic character, and Davey just fucking chews the scenery with crazed overdramatics that are really fun to watch. And it's really cool to watch the actor's performance shift between the two different characters. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it, shows, it showed a lot of dimension in him. The rest of the cast are standard horror movie archetypes, though we do get an okay performance from pre-Charlie's Angels and Beastmaster, Tanya Roberts. Uh, Beastmaster? Yeah. I gotta watch that. I haven't seen that uh, in years. Great movie. Yeah, unfortunately, this movie's only PG-13, so she keeps her shirt on, which is a little bit of a letdown. But, uh, you know, Beastmaster, you get him. <sighs> so, where this movie suffers most is that it's only PG-13. There's limited violence and no nudity, which it would have benefited from both. That said, the director does manage to do some genuinely creepy things with the wax dummies, and a tense score really does make you feel like you're going crazy with the characters as the movie progresses. It was really a great example of less is more. Like, it it seems like they probably didn't quite have the special effects budget to do more than they did, so they really just used fucking, you know, what they could get their hands on with these mannequins and, and good camera angles and good sound to really tell the story. Um... The best scenes in the movie are where Chuck Connors was just allowed to do his thing as Davy. There's a great dinner scene between him and one of the wax figures that isn't quite as nuts as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre dinner scene, but within the context of the movie, it's still pretty fucking out there. The other thing that I really like about it is that the telekinetic subplot is totally unnecessary. He could have just <laughs> been like a serial killer who makes wax dummies out of people and is fucking crazy, but they just added this, this supernatural element to it that they never bothered to explain. Sometimes just, that makes it's it just work. There. Yeah. And it's great. It, it, it's, it's like the, the mom and little kid scene that we talked about in Burial Ground last yeah. episode. You know, Unnecessary, it, but yeah. that's what you remember. Yeah. And it, and it really like kind of pushed it up to the next level. Um, and I think that's what really made this more than just like an old B movie. Yeah, that and, and the, the actor's performance. So this movie is one of those lost gems of the late 70s and early 80s. And they really don't make them like this anymore. It's not the greatest horror offering of the time period, but it's definitely something fun to watch and relatively kid-safe, all things considered. Um, This is a movie that I would like to see remade with a little bit more edge to it. It was a good idea, and it was competently executed, but it could have been ramped up just a little bit more. Yeah, turn up the violence and the nudity. Yeah, yeah. If if someone got their hands on this movie, you know, and and remade it with some, some really good practical gore and, and, you know, gave it a hard R, I think it would be great. Um, IMDb only gives this. Argument. Is it a hard R? Like, R! Yeah, pirates. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, definitely. some pirates in it. Um, <laughs> Telekinetic pirates. Dude, we write the way better movies. Yeah, fuck, dude. Telekinetic pirates. <laughs> Wrecking bridges and fucking cows. Okay. A new crew comes in, takes over all the jobs in Disneyland at the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> They're telekinetic pirates. And tourists go there in Tourist Trap 2. Arr. Hard R. Hard R. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. IMDb gives this 6.2 out of 10. I'm going to bump it up a little bit, and I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 uh, glittery vaginal cyst pendants. <laughs> glittery vaginal cyst pendants. <laughs> I like that. All right, so that's it for the good movie and the bad movie this week. We will be back with our top five horror movies that are so bad that they're good, as suggested by listener Mark Bartlett after this. You've heard about our Patreon. Something you can do for zero dollars. Zero dimes. Something we want you to be a part of is our Facebook group, Postmortem Show Horror Movie Podcast. That's right. You can get on Facebook, look that up, and interact directly with JD and myself. Tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, share your stupid memes, get shit talked by me, just don't post racist shit. <laughs> Other than pe- different uh, pictures of H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, that, yeah, that's, that's the kind of racist <laughs> shit that's okay to post. <laughs> look up the Facebook group, Postmortem Show Horror Movie Podcast. Join us online. One of us. One of us. And we're back with our top five horror movies that are so bad that somehow they become good. One of my favorite kinds of horror movies. <laughs> uh, I've got a fucking big list of honorable mentions too, and there, there are movies here that uh, people need to watch. Definitely, and I love this kind of. Uh, this is one of my favorite kind of movies. And as well. like, I, I I don't think any only one of my movies is older than the nineties. Like, everything else is either late, like, 80s, 90s, maybe early 2000s, but those, it seems those like... early 90s, yeah. man. Good batch of shitty yeah. movies. And, and it <laughs> seems like the, like, movies now that are, are are bad are either shitty or they're wink and nudge, and they're not even so bad they're good. Like, it's it's few and far between that you find a so bad it's good movie that's made, like, in fucking 2008 or nine. you know? Yeah, and I think it's endearing because it is from the past and we remember it. So yeah. I don't think this that a bad movie will affect us in the same way. Yeah. But there's a difference between, like, a Dude Bro Party Massacre 3 that's yeah. trying to... And I left those off my Yeah, list. me too. Yeah. I left those off, too. Between this was a movie that was trying to be good, and it was what it was, and we all enjoy it for a reason that yeah. we never intended. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think also something that makes a movie bad but good is, like, there's a level of innocence to it that people had when they were making it then because they didn't fucking know any better. Yeah. And now, like, there's so much out there that people know better, so it, it it's it's almost cynical. Definitely. Well, you want? I have a uh, three nineties and two eighties. By the way, uh, I've got mostly eighties. Actually, all eighties but one. Oh wow! Yeah. Three. See, you're you're five years older than me, and yeah. that's not a lot of a difference. But in our childhood, like my sweet spot, like born in eighty five. Yeah. Well, that's started, that is my sweet spot. Yeah, <laughs> and that and it is mine too. That remember when we did our top five. Uh, years of yeah. horror movies ever. 85 was my favorite by far. I love the movies of the mid to late 80s, but the early to mid 90s is when I was old enough to where I was watching any and every horror movie that hit Blockbuster. Yeah, for sure. And I mean any any movie from the tip-top Blockbuster uh, high-budget movies to the shittiest shitty horror movie, I watched them all yeah. for years. And it then I there. went back retroactively and tried to watch as many as I could you know, as a kid from that they had there, but yeah. they they phase out and sell movies too. Yeah. You know, at like video stores, they don't always have all the old movies. They right. have what they know they can rent. Yeah, so. Tower Records always had the best selection of old shitty movies because they had a midnight movie section that you could rent from. And uh, when I worked for Tower, I would pretty much bring a movie home every night after work because I got them, get them for free. And I think I watched their entire midnight movie section at the store that I worked at. 
There needs to be a streaming service that's solely dedicated to these movies. Yeah. To give them a voice. Yeah. You know, not a shutter per se that's like a horror movie they want to get the best content possible, yeah. but one that you know what you're getting. You know, any movie that's on there, you're going to watch it and you're going to kind of laugh yeah. at how stupid it is. And it has to be free or like a dollar ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, I pay a buck ninety nine for for some months for something like that. Yeah, just turn your brain off, kind of movies. Call call it like the horror toilet or something. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like we need to make it happen. Yeah, I'm just going to buy an iPhone <laughs> and connect it to Wi Fi and just uh, set up a queue of different VCRs that play on my projector and then stream it to the Patreon. Great, I'll, I'll use my stripper money to make <laughs> that happen. <laughs> Money making things happen. Make it rain. Make it rain. Don's gonna make it rain. <laughs> you wanna fire it away? Oh, bastard! <laughs> My number five is a movie I made you watch on Watch This Fucker. Head of the Family. Yeah. I love Head of the Great Family. Great movie. Great movie. A concept before a wrong turn to where each member of the family, controlled by a very smart, uh, crippled head, giant head, in a wheelchair, <laughs> a tiny body. Tiny body controls all the satellites which are his siblings there's a super hot girl there's the strong guy there's a guy with a good sight and he can run fast yeah you know it's kind of like wrong turn towards like mutants of different skills it's like a D&D party <laughs> it is it's like a D&D party or it's a like a D&D it's like a D&D party controlled by brain from pinky in the brain <laughs> <laughs> and it's a full moon picture but it's Probably the most risque and chock full of nudity and like over the top. Uh, it's super offensive. It's great. It's a yeah. great movie and it's super uh, redneck, like trailer trash. And that's what I look for for these kind of movies. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it definitely fills your quota of everything. <laughs> Head of the family. Check it out. I don't know where it's streaming. I don't know if it's streaming. I know that Full Moon launched a streaming service. Yeah, so it might be there. So, yeah, it's probably on there. So I know you can add it on through Amazon. Which I'll probably be doing in the upcoming months. As as we get more and more patrons, we're going to pay for more and more subscriptions and buy more movies, support independent horror through you guys helping us out. So Hell yeah. We appreciate it. All right. My number five is a movie that I, I actually want to rewatch on Watch This Fucker. I saw it pop up fucking remastered on on uh, on Shudder. But I have fond memories of this movie, and that is Street Trash. Street Trash is great. Street Trash has... You mean Nostalgia Killers? Yeah, Nostalgia Killers. Yeah. yeah. yeah I want to I watch this on Nostalgia Killers again. But Street Trash has relatively no plot. You know? It's, and my, my former professional wrestling manager, half-breed Billy Graham, is in the movie. And uh, and it's still okay. And it's still it's still good. <laughs> questionable questionable individual. <laughs> I, I we, have, won't get, we won't put it over. I have questions. But uh, yeah, street, you know, street Trash has virtually... Mysterious Billy Graham. <laughs> fucking <laughs> off his meds, Billy Graham. <laughs> Raymond, we won't put you in that category. <laughs> um, yeah, Street Trash has virtually no plot. There's like little like things, like individual tidbits of story, but it's all kind of just held together like moonshine, like moonshine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know, there, there's there's a, a horror element of the melting bums and the fucking crazy Vietnam vet, and you know, fucking gang rape. And the mafia, for some reason, and a great song at the end that the, that the mafia guy sings. We'll do it my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's it is. fucking ridiculous. It, and yeah, it's terrible, but it's great. Effects. Yeah. <laughs> my next pick: Lep in the Hood, Come to Do No Good. Yeah, it's on my uh, it's on my honorable mentions. Leprechaun in the Hood is a great bad movie. It is the best Leprechaun movie. Number one is the second, I would say, but 
Leprechaun in the Hood is a great movie. It's so gloriously 90s bad, capitalizing on, oh, what's popular? Oh, rap, rap music? Yeah. Let's put that in there. Let's... It's kind of like Children of the Corn or Urban Harvest, which could be on this on this list. I, I, I still need to see mentions. that. Yeah. yeah, you do. It's the best Children of the Corn. In that, it works. The rap is so fucking horrible. Leprechaun All the songs... to do no good. But, like, it's a group of aspiring rappers, so their songs are also terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not not good hip hop. But probably I, written by a white guy. Ice T pulls an entire bat out of his afro, and that's <laughs> worth watching for that. That and, alone, and it's a whistle. So there's this whole subplot. It's usually stealing my gold, but there's a magic whistle that hypnotizes people that they steal from him. It's kind of like Ocarina of Time or something. <laughs> and so they steal it from the leprechaun. If they play a couple of notes on the whistle, then when they rap, people think they're good, even though they're fucking terrible. <laughs> And that's how it works. And they are terrible. Yeah. And people are like dancing like it's good and stuff after the whistle. And that's why I like the movie. Yeah. Because they are fucking terrible. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> not, it's not like it's not like they're an underdog group who's like no one takes seriously, but they're actually really good. Yeah. Like they fucking suck. No, they got a magic whistle. That's yeah. the only reason that girls are dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Great idea. Um, my number four is uh, lauded as one of the worst movies ever made. And I fucking love it. It's so insane, and it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but the the madness factor of it just makes it so endearing to me, and that's Troll 2. Troll 2 is... It's probably like the, the name of this list. I kept it off because it's low-hanging fruit. Uh-huh. I did go low-hanging fruit with Leprechaun in the Hood and a couple of my other picks. Yeah. But, but Troll 2 is the, like... This list should be named after that. Yeah, I, I put Troll Two on my list uh, because it is low hanging fruit, but because I actually genuinely like it. Like I'll go back to it once or twice, you know, no or one, once every two <laughs> years, and and just and just watch it because I enjoy it. I think two, it's a fun two different movie. movies cut together. Yeah, have you seen the documentary? Yeah, it's, it's great. awesome. Yeah, it's better than the movie, and <laughs> but like sad at some points. Like it the is. one actress who went crazy. And they tried to interview her, and like she just didn't make any sense. And Elaine from Seinfeld is in it. Yeah. And I got a massive childhood boner for Elaine. There's something about that curly hair. I would always think about this is I, this is very revealing of my childhood, and this is the thought process of a young JD horror. So uh, this is strictly for the listener. Please uh, do not, for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> well, I kind of built it up more than it deserves, but I always used to think like she was the first person that made me think like, does the carpet match the drapes? Mm. Is her pu? Does she have a big old bush that's all curly like her hair? Right. And I was always thinking about that, and I remember like getting a little chubby. Yeah. Getting a little, a little too uh, too Think thinking about the the natch. <laughs> thinking about the the Elaine <laughs> the Elaine bush. <laughs> and then Kramer walked in and killed the bush. <laughs> that's what he does. <laughs> Boner killer Kramer. Racist boner killer. <laughs> yeah, he went and called my dick the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm eight years old. <laughs> I don't even know what you mean. <laughs> Number three, right? Yeah. Number three for me. A movie I just watched. Annabelle just turned seven. My daughter, my youngest, turned seven years old. Can you believe that? Wow. How does time fly? Yeah. I'm going to be dead soon. I'm one foot in the grave, Dom. Already? One foot in the grave. Listeners, if you're listening to this in the future, I may already be dead, so... I'm a ghost! I'm a ghost now! She turned seven years old, and 
we always have a bonfire in the backyard. We play on the projector on our we call it white trash movie shed. We yeah. Project directly on the shred on the shed with uh, old movies. And for her birthday, she's seen it probably six times, but she had to watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I haven't showed that to my kids yet. I don't think they can quite handle it, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, oh, it's a classic. She loves it. She loves Killer Clowns. Yeah. And she's not scared of it whatsoever. Nice. Yeah, but I mean, it's not a scary movie. It, it's a silly movie. It's silly as fuck, and it's if you watch it for horror purposes, it's bad. Yeah. But if you watch it for nostalgia purposes and, like... Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It's got that vibe. It's got like a Tim Burton-esque kind of like yeah. uh, Jim Henson kind of practical effect. It's it's a great movie. Yeah, for sure. Mooney. Mooney. <laughs> that was Shadow puppets kids. eating people. Yeah. Fucking rubber clowns turning people into cotton candy. <laughs> we had a we had another little girl here who, when that shadow puppet scene was starting to happen, was like, what's, what's going to happen? Like a little scared. Like yeah. not, not really a, a horror movie veteran. Right. right. By any means, the scene not happened. a grizzled old vet like your yeah, kids. Yeah, not a grizzled old vet like our kids. <laughs> been around the loop, brother. The kids have been around the loop. They made the town taking they a few bumps. Their, they paid their dues. Paid their dues, but uh, but they this, don't get paid dues girl, across was... our knuckles like a certain douchebag we know. <laughs> she uh, she uh, was like, oh, what's gonna happen? Like scared, and then when it happened, when the shadow puppet eats those people, she started laughing and like. <laughs> Like that, like that belly laugh. Like, yeah. oh, that's fucking stupid. Right? I'm scared. <laughs> and kind of getting it. Yeah. And be like, and then liking it, and it smiling, was, and like watching the rest. It was a defining moment anymore. for her. Yeah. All right. My number three. Speaking of multiple movies being slammed together into an insane movie that is still great, something I reviewed maybe a year or two ago on this show, and that's Spookies. You can watch this movie on Netflix right now. Uh, <laughs> it's a bronze. You yeah. got gremlins, you got ghoulies, and then you got spookies. Yeah, uh, and, and this is—it it was definitely you know trying to to cash in on on all of that, you know. But it, it was the movie about the, the the kids who go into the weird haunted mausoleum because like they basically want to party and fuck. We forgot about critters. Oh yeah, and critters too. Yeah, so it's not even on the pedestal. No, no. Well, it, <laughs> it, I think they were trying to more like with the title because once you get into the movie, the movie is a lot yeah. different. And like, and it's two different. Didn't they make two different movies? Yeah, and, like, and slammed the other into one. The host. What yeah. was that guy's name? So, so there, there was like the the story of the kids in the house and the weird shit happening to them, and then there was another story about this like psychic mad professor who had the ability to you know communicate with monsters. And they somehow managed to edit it into a movie about him controlling the monsters trying to get these kids. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not a good movie, but it's a great movie. And all you really need to know about it is that it contains a scene uh, full of uh, about five minutes straight of farting swamp monsters. <laughs> That's awesome. I need to watch it. I haven't watched it, but I need to watch it. My number two is a movie that has a book based on the movie that's better than the movie that's like super serious and like makes you care about the characters and it's adapted from the screen remember that was a the, that was a thing, thing in like the 80s and 90s yeah late 80s yeah it was a late 80s thing this yeah. movie came out in 87 and some of those books were really good some of them were really good like the the, the Jason Goes to Hell adaptation book was way better I gotta than let movie. you borrow my adaptation of this movie but uh, way before it's time it's been replicated in movies like Fallen and many more but Shocker. Yeah. Craven's Shocker. It's a great it's one. It's a great movie, yeah. but it's so ridiculous.
ridiculous. Yeah, the actor, the little terrible. girl, the yeah. bulldozer and shit, and the lamp. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think Wes Craven. This was in his like Stephen King level cocaine phase. <laughs> it's it's great. I love Shocker. Yeah, um, I love it so much. And I have a book. I have a paperback book that's like two hundred pages. That's Shocker, adapted from the screen by some guy that never probably did anything after that. And I really should give it the time of day and research what else he did because he was a great author because yeah. he turned Shocker into a great book. You know what else is And great? Shocker's not a really yeah. great movie. What else has Shocker has going for it is the theme song at the end. Mm-hmm. Shocker! Shocker! Is it, what is it, Rat? It's, it's one like of those that. bands. Yeah. Fucking White Rat Wasp Tail or something. <laughs> white Rat. We are the night! <laughs> white Rat. <laughs> Round and round, <laughs> our love find a way to keep it down. Lay it down, lay it down. Yeah, I'm not gonna keep doing rat songs all night. No, we got things to do. Now. Yeah, that's right. We got two more movies to talk about. <laughs> uh, my number two uh, is a Full Moon Picture. Kind of cashing in on the whole Puppet Master thing. Could have been completely unremarkable except for the fact that it has some really, really good performances by a couple characters in it. And that's Blood Dolls. Is that the one where they're like little Freddies and stuff? They're they're like little puppets that the guy makes to get revenge on like the guy who's trying to steal money from him. I remember that movie. And, and there's like this the the millionaire is actually like kind of like sling blade and his wife is actually the brains behind the operation, and the millionaire guy's always like in bondage going, uh, yeah. He's like old, old dirty. Oh, redneck Beavis. Yeah, it's like old dirty redneck Beavis. Uh, and and then and as the movie, what are you talking out, about? That's me. Yeah, I am old dirty redneck <laughs> Beavis. That's my rat name. Yes. Old dirty redneck Beavis. Done. Fire. <laughs> you want to hear my straight fire? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of like Mace going, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, you can go, heh, heh, yeah. <laughs> Are you threatening me? I don't, I don't have the, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my contributions. You're going to sample that into drums. Yeah. You can be my hype man. Here, here, here's, your, here's your snare. <laughs> here's your bass drum. <laughs> <laughs> Done. I was abused for Halloween when I was uh, in... First grade. Nice. I put some yellow chalk in my hair. I had some black shoes. I had a blue shirt that I just wrote. Was it Metallica or ACDC? One of the two. For, for our Halloween wrestling show, you and Sledge should be Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> I'm never coming out of retirement. Ever. Ever. I don't even know if there's a fire, Dom. Wow. <laughs> Not even to save the world from aliens? <laughs> Not even if my number one comes to a corner near you. Oh? Maybe to your neighborhood. My number one is a movie that I saw at a sleepover when I was probably about, I don't know, nine years old? Eight, if it came out that year. Eight, I think it's 93, but Clint Howard in Ice Cream Man. Yeah. Ice Cream Man. That's a great one. The head onto the cone. Yeah. On the waffle And the cone. fingers. It's so fucking stupid. It's just... A, it's so great. A vehicle for Clint Howard to be Clint Howard. It is. And they got their money's worth. You yeah. got more, enough Clint Howard to last your lifetime. Damn, more Clint Howard than you can fit in your pants. <laughs> hey, excuse me, director. Can I get a buttload of Clint Howard? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can. Here, take this. Excuse me. This isn't enough to fill up my butt. I need some more Howard. <laughs> 
Give me a little extra clint. Why don't you turn that eye a little bit further sideways? Why don't you take that hairline a little bit back? More, I want some super clint. More clint Howard is way better than more cowbell. If you could get clint Howard and do what happened to Vera, the mom from Dead Alive, and make like a super mutant zombie clint Howard, I think that might be the best movie that has... The best bad movie that's ever happened. The most perfect movie it, ever It should made. be the number zero. Yeah. <laughs> Mega Clint. <laughs> Lionel, get in my womb. Wait, you're not even my dad. You're the ice cream man. <laughs> Isn't your brother Ron Howard? <laughs> so you know what's weird though is like, hey, the, the, there's Ron, <laughs> there's Ron Howard who you know is, is Ron Howard, and then there's Clint Howard who's fucking Clint Howard, and then there's Bryce Dallas Howard. Like she got the good genetics in that family. Yeah, she's super hot. Yeah, <laughs> whoever, whoever her mom is must have contributed there because yeah. the Howard the Howard genetics. Not so great. And best one of the best episodes of Black Mirror. Not the best, but the social networking yeah, episode. Really was good so one. Great. Yeah. All right, my number one. It's a movie that I did an extensive review on several episodes back, but it's still fucking horrible and amazing at the same time. And that is the John Michael Thor vehicle rock and roll nightmare. Rock and roll nightmare is your number one. Yeah. I still gotta see it then. It's it's on YouTube. You gotta watch it. It is not a good movie. It is so bad. There's so much wrong with it, and you just can't fucking take your eyes off of it. Wow. It's, it's like it's like a, a train wreck with guitars and pecs. And uh, <laughs> it, it it's just it, it goes. It it starts out as a bad movie. It doesn't get much better until halfway through, and then something happens, and it goes into sheer absolute insanity. And apparently, John Michael Thor doesn't do drugs, so maybe his brain is just like this. <laughs> That's a uh, rock and roll nightmare. Is the debut album from Old Bessie and the Ice Cream Men? <laughs> <laughs> special appearance by Old Dirty Redneck Beavis. <laughs> old Dirty Redneck Beavis and the Ice Cream Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I know Eileen has seen Rock and Roll Nightmare, and I know that she can vouch for it with me, but it is a, a terrible, terrible movie that is awesome in every way. <laughs> All right. Honorable mentions. Yeah. I'm going to start us off. One that could have made my list. I don't know why I bounced it, but Bad Taste is a great movie. Oh, fuck yeah. That is batshit insane and not good by traditional standards, yeah. but definitely one of the best of all time. Yeah. Trimless, Redneck Zombies. Have you seen Redneck yeah, Zombies? Yeah. The moonshine hallucination um, scene? Yeah. Hey, toxic waste got in our moonshine. <laughs> Let's drink it anyway. <laughs> there are certain aspects of Redneck Zombies that I really, really don't like. Like the acid scene by the guy who clearly never done acid. And he's like, Hoo! he's acting like a chicken. Yeah. Hey. But, I just uh, love it because it's so 90s shit. Yeah. Fucking late 90s shit direct to VHS Hollywood video bullshit. Yeah. But it, it works for me. <laughs> Yeah, Redneck Zombies deserves to be seen. Eight-Legged Freaks with the former yeah. WCW champion David Arquette. Yeah, great. I love that movie. Do you know, this is something I, I found out recently about the man himself, David Arquette. He, you know, he was the WCW champion yeah. as a celebrity, which is fucking terrible. Yeah. But he donated all of the money he made from any kind of wrestling-related thing to a charity. Really? His entire run, all his paydays, everything he did, he donated to a charity. What was the charity, do you know? 
I don't remember that much, John. You're asking way too much. (laughs) Speaking of professional wrestling, I've been concussed multiple times. Well, you know... I don't remember. I understand why they made him champion, because Ready to Rumble was out, and they wanted to push that. But, uh, uh, it's cool. That's cool. I didn't know that he donated that stuff to charity. The debut album from old, dirty, redneck Beavis. Ready to butthole. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to fight Macho Man in a convenience store. <laughs> Ticks with Carlton from Fresh yeah. Prince. Such a horrible movie, but Carlton in Ticks is great. Great, great tick smashing scene in that, too. And just the absurdity of him being completely okay one minute and then completely ripped in half by a giant tick the size of entire his entire body that was underneath his skin. Yeah. Like, he, he would be dead long before that. Yeah, there'd be some symptoms. <laughs> Science, people. Dean Koontz's Phantoms with Ben Affleck is a horrible movie, yeah. but I love the book Phantoms. The movie is not good, <laughs> but sometimes if, if you really like a movie enough, um, and Dean Koontz is honorable, he could be number zero honorable mention because all of his movies are terrible, but I like a lot of his books. Even uh, Black River, another one with Jay Moore. Yeah. Horrible movie, but it's still kind of <laughs> like, I still have watched it a lot of He's times. one of those guys that's hard to adapt. It's like Stephen King. He's hard to adapt. Yeah. You know, because he's such a good writer that he takes these outlandish scenarios and makes them make sense. But, yeah, the movies just don't really do it justice. Okay. They're very superficial. Turbulence 3, Heavy Metal. <laughs> I need to see it. A black yeah. metal band has to perform aboard a 747 when it gets hijacked and the singer of the black metal band is subdued and replaced by an identical twin who's a terrorist who's going to blow up the plane and kill everyone on board. Yeah. And the singer of the black metal band, he has to escape and you know what? He has to save his fans. You know what? Because no one's going to kill Slade Craven's fans except for maybe Slade Craven. <laughs> Slade Craven. Slade Craven. Yeah, I need to see that movie. I've, I've heard too much it's about it. It's fucking horrible. Yeah. It's so bad, but it's so good. Yeah. Because of that, it's like, what am I watching? Black Metal 747 yeah, concerts with about 15 people there at the very most. Yeah. <laughs> On a stage that would never fit in a plane. It's obviously not filmed in the plane. Right. Yeah, but no one's there. It's empty. It's so stupid. They're, they're <laughs> like, all right, we need to make a third Turbulence movie. What are we going to do? Well, Marilyn Manson's popular. <laughs> Pretty much. Sweet dreams are made of Turbulence 3, heavy metal. <laughs> is that all and you my, got? My last yeah. one, and this is this could be my number zero also. VHS tape, I got a lot of use out of. And that is Class of Newcomb High Part 2. Yeah. Subhumanoid Meltdown. Yeah. Class of Newcomb High Part 2. It's a subhumanoid meltdown coming on through. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's definitely a classic. I I am a big fan of the first one, but the second one they really upped the ante on it. When they kiss you, if they're smelly, they got another set of lips in the button of their bellies. <laughs> so humanoids do the jobs to meaning. They'll do the cooking and they'll do the cleaning, and then they'll even do you. Class of Newcomb High, Part Two. That's all from my memory. Wow, that's how many times I've watched that movie. Don't that's you? good. Um, I don't know why horror movies don't have, have soundtracks like that. Anymore. I should have had a bongo and like a, a barrette. <laughs> Doing poetry like a beatnik. <laughs> Alright. My honorable mentions. My first one. It's a movie that a lot of people just don't like straight up. But I, I, I have a soft spot for it. And that's Dracula 3000 with Casper Van Dien and Coolio. I saw Dracula. Is it Dracula 2000? 
Is there another one too? Yeah, that Dracula two thousand is like a, a serious like and plane crashes, right? Yeah, it... Dracula three thousand is Udo Kier in space. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. It's like modern vampires. That could have been the list too. It, yeah, but it's also good. Modern yeah. vampires is a good it, it's, it's legit good. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I don't know. It's you know, Casper Van Dien kind of fills the role of John Harker, but he's a space marine. Coolio is his buddy who turns into a vampire, and he just fucking chews the scenery with his his stupid overacting. Uh, and if you ever want to see Coolio in red contact lenses, just lose his shit for five minutes straight. There's a great scene in that movie of Coolio going crazy. And then also, if you want to see more Coolio ridiculousness, him and Bill Mosley played cops in a yeah. movie called The Convent. They did. Check that out as yeah. well. Deserves to make the list. It That's does. a bad movie. Yeah. Black light, like veins and stuff. But it looked, I, I it looked cool. Now. Yeah. And, and, and that was Mike Mendez's first movie, right? I don't know if it was. It was a Mike. No, I don't think it was Mike Mendez. I, I think it was. Um, but I, I actually kind of like the black light thing. It was unique. No one's ever, no one ever really did it. So stop motion and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. that's fine. The movie itself is fucking hilarious. Hey, I get all the bitches. <laughs> Is his name Fru- Frijolio? Frijolio or, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, my next honorable mention probably should have been on my list, but um, it gets too much love from other places, and that's nothing but trouble. Yeah, nothing but trouble. I would say. Yeah, you can't say it's a good movie, so it does deserve to be on the list, but it's great. Yeah, it is. Didn't even come to my mind as bad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But a lot of people think it's bad, because they don't get it. You know, they they watch it expecting it to be some sort of serious horror thing, and that's not what it is. It's the comedy Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, A movie that uh, people, again, laud as one of the worst movies ever made, and some people can't even get through it without watching the Mystery Science Theater version. But I actually legitimately think that there are some good ideas in this movie. They were just really poorly executed, and that's Manos, The Hands of Fate. <laughs> that is not a good movie. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's, it's, it, was, it was very ineptly made, but the, there's some concepts that happen in that movie yeah. that are actually like, like, if this was made by someone competent, this might actually be good. It's just manos means hands in Spanish. Yeah. It's just so lazy. Hands the hands of fate. <laughs> hands the hands well, of fate. The movie was made in the Midwest where Mexican is exotic. You know? Man, I wish I wish we we never recorded a song Great for Man before uh, our drummer moved away, but it was called Break the Hands of Fate. Yeah. It could have been the end music, but instead you're gonna get Hide the Hamster. Because <laughs> we talked about Richard Gere somewhat. Yeah. There's much more things Yeah, I could, mentioned. It, it could it could be more relevant other songs, yes. Yes, I could. A song about a little Betsy, for instance. But, no, you're going to have the hamster. Because you need to hear it. It's a classic. Uh, one of the worst sequels ever made, but still has some moments of craziness in it that I love. And that's Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College. I never even went past the first Ghoulies. There, there's a scene where the Ghoulies binge drink. <laughs> and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Beerbong ghoulies. Yeah, they, they they turn the ghoulies. They give the ghoulies voices in this movie. They can talk for some reason. Beerbong ghoulies sounds like a horrible ska band. Where <laughs> <laughs> the beerbong ghoulies skank skank skank. Movie that I talked about last week, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. But zombie strippers, terrible zombie movie, strippers. but hilarious. I got to check that out. That's a my son said that's his first burner. Yeah, that that movie. So uh, I might give it to you on a watch this fucker. Another movie that's pure insanity and has very little to do with the initial movie, and that's Slumber Party Massacre 2. Great musical numbers. A guitar with a giant drill on it. Girls getting fucked up. Great movie. Ginger Dead Man. 
<laughs> it's not good though. It's it good. is so bad. I'll agree with yeah. that. But it's not good. I, I enjoy Ginger Dead Man. I, I Ginger Dead Man and Killjoy are movies that are utter crap, but for some reason I really enjoy them. They're, we all have those movies. Yeah, guilty pleasures. Yeah. that's a good list. Guilty pleasures. Guilty pleasures. Yeah. yeah, Ginger Dead Man and Killjoy would actually make those lists. Um, and Killjoy was next on my list. Um, one that also would have been on my list, but I give it too much love, and we talk about it too much on this show, and that's Jason X. Yeah, uh, I disagree with you. Yeah, uh, most people do. Um, <laughs> I, I love Jason X because it's unabashedly. It knows exactly what it is. It's got it's, two great scenes, I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, it, it has his, some of his best kills. Um, but, uh, the, yeah, there's just... I, when, when I'm depressed, I go to Jason X. It's, <laughs> it's one of my go-to movies. <laughs> you're depressed, you go to Jason X. Yeah, <laughs> get some slushy face. No wonder and... you're so depressed all the time. <laughs> you eat a slushy made out of human skin. Yeah. <laughs> Deathbed, the bed that eats. That's not a good movie. It's Dom. fucking terrible. <laughs> but again, it's one of those soft spot movies. That top five furniture deserves to be on the list. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there's just something about that movie that is is. I mean, I think that they were intentionally making it funny, but they were so bad at it that it wasn't funny. But then that makes it funny. Yeah, sometimes that works. And my last two are movies that I've actually reviewed on this show. One of them is Criminally Insane, aka Crazy Fat Ethel. <laughs> about the, uh, the the fat lady who goes on a diet and kills people who stop her from eating. And uh, my last one is the Tiny Tim vehicle, Blood Harvest. Yeah, that's something that we had uh, the end song of one of our early, early episodes, yeah. right? Magical Mervo. <laughs> top five clowns. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, top five clowns. So it's in the archive. If you guys want to know about some clowns... Uh, that's, that's one thing we never really talk about is lists we've already done. Yeah. You know, if you're looking at sending us a list of postmortemshow at gmail.com for us to review, just take a look in the archive. There's a search function on our website. So click on that search function. You could put top five blank and you'll know if it already exists. And if you can't get the wording right, just type the name clowns and it would have come up. Yeah, it'll be so, there. So, so yeah, um... If you're interested in suggesting a list and you're a new listener, go listen to those old episodes. Search. I want to know about clowns. I want to know about surgeries. I want to know about decapitations. I want to know about power tools. Power tools. Masks. Castrations. Yeah, we've done it. We've done it all. We've done it for 120... Well, we're on 129 right now, yeah? Yeah, 129. And we didn't have a top five on our first episode, so we've done it for 128 episodes now. It's a lot of time to be talking about top five shit. (laughs) It is, so... Listeners, uh, we need your suggestions. Send us an email, postmortemshow at gmail.com. Let us know what top five you want, and give us your top five of said subject. We will read it on the air. Do we have a top five from Mark? We don't have a top five from Mark, unless I forgot to include it. (laughs) Mark, if I am not reading your top five in error, then let me know. Tell me, JD, fuck you. We'll put it on the next episode. JD, you haven't even sent my shirt yet. Mark, it's not my fault. The t-shirt guy is very slow. I have a tracking number. <laughs> they are coming. There is I'm a tracking getting, number. It I have a tracking number. It's on the way to my house. They are in transit. It's supposed to be about a month ago, but <coughs> they are done. And they I've look really a, good. I've seen a picture of a person wearing the shirt. I know it exists. We're going to have him soon. He's just going to ship us that one shirt, and it's going to smell like his armpits. Now's the time to pre-order, you know? Because that pre-order sale is going to go away, all you patrons. I guess that's it. I guess that's it, yeah. yeah. Send us send us a suggestion. Postmortem show, gmail.com. Rate us on iTunes. 
Yeah, iTunes, Stitcher, check us out. Subscribe. Give us that five-star link. We're not even on YouTube anymore, which, by the way, Michelle's very upset about that because she, she listened to us on YouTube at work. It's still on YouTube, the old episodes. Yeah. No one else other than her really listened to it. I mean, we had some randoms, but yeah. people who I knew were a subscriber and reached out to us, I messaged them. Yeah. But it's an extra step. But if you guys want the YouTube back, let us know. I'll, yeah. I'll do the extra step, but it takes me t- a lot of time. You know, you know what you should be doing, though, is you should be getting us more listeners by showing us to your friends and giving us those five-star reviews, because when we hit a certain amount of listeners, we can get on Podcast One. Then we're easier to find. And Fuck. we get sweet, sweet revenue. Fuck Podcast One. We're doing this all DIY, Dom. I'll never sign up with those corporate whores. Corporate whores, corporate whores. Little fucking corporate whores. Look at these gyrations. Those are some sweet gyrations. We're not doing it, Dom. We're doing it all ourselves. <laughs> we don't ad? have enough listeners to do it anyway. So, <laughs> you want to buy an ad? Send Biff an email. Attention, Biff. Postmortemshow at gmail.com. He handles all that for us. He's our agent. Yeah, he's doing a good job. Dom, we're thirty-five minutes deep. Oh shit! Let's wrap this fucker up. All right. I guess, uh, as H.P. Lovecraft once said, as he threw some glitter on the little pieces that he clipped off of his foreskin. <laughs> if it smells like fish. Throw the fucker back. Oh, Betsy, no. Well, Billy was a boy who had a few ideas of his own. His habit trailed me with 35 inches in his home. He takes it to the disco where everybody loves him. They cover them with me and wash them down till they are nice and clean. Then pull the claws and yank the teeth and dip the little
Ladies and gentlemen, this is the portion of the show where we say thank you to our patrons. And now we're doing it in alphabetical order because Patreon shifted it up on us. We never discussed this. We didn't. And we're going to start with the letter B for Bessie. The letter B for Bessie. (laughs) Thank you, Bessie. I love you with all my heart. Keep on with your generous donation. It can it comes from your teats. <laughs> Milking those teats every month, squeezing out them generous donations. Which is funny that you say that because our first paper on the list is Aubrey T. Aubrey T. <laughs> Speaking of squeezing out, I squeeze a few things into you, my little honey. I squeeze some things into you from time to time. We're going extremely personal. Here we are. Is yeah. this? Is we just still? Oh, no, I was talking about Bessie. Yeah. I squeezed some things into Bessie. Yeah. Oh, Bessie, I squeezed some things into you, honey. Speaking of squeezing one out, Brent W. Brent W, you're going to squeeze one out all day long. All around the farm, Brent. You're a strapping young farmhand. Sometimes, when when the light hits your eye, so right... When you're harvesting those potatoes at our farm, Brett. And I look at you, and I see your glistening chest. I want to say thank you for being a patron. Eileen K. Eileen K. When I see your glistening chest, I want to thank you for being a patron of this here farm. Do they all have glistening chests? Or just Brent and Eileen? It's just Brent and Eileen. Yeah. What? <laughs> uh oh, uh oh, the music's ultra ultra appropriate right now. So you better keep this going for Quilt and Joe! Did you ever shit on me like that? You know, I work hard every week with my Quilt and Joe theme songs. Yeah? I I, I, I rehearse them yeah. day and night in my closet. And you tell me to keep the music going? We don't need the music going. You're gonna do this a cappella? I'm gonna do it the way we always do it. We're gonna do it like this. Quitting Joe, quitting this show, quitting this show, I already know. Quitting Joe, quit me a quilt, cause you're quitting Joe! He's a quitting Joe. Yeah. Michelle R. Michelle, you got the banjo back! You know why? Cause you're inbred. <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> You just fucking broke me. You need to get the banjo back because you're subhuman. You're subhumanoid, Michelle. It's like meltdowns coming on through these parts yonder, you hear? Mark B. Mark B. Speaking of subhumanoids, Mark B. You know what? Mark B. You know what the B stands for? It stands for Bessie. Mark B was bested the whole time. It's a human in a cow suit. You're fucking stupid, Dom. <laughs> Bessie was a, a human. It was Mark. I was the butt end. He was the front. Oh wow. We fucking fooled you. Guess who was standing? Who was sitting right here the whole time? Hologram JD Horror a la Tupac. Oh shit. Thank you to our generous patrons. Yeah. Including mysterious <laughs> Raymond. Mysterious Raymond. We found your feet in the lake, Raymond. We knew it was you. We've been scoping for clues all in Bakersfield. Yee-hoo! Speaking of Bakersfield, Tiffany. 
<laughs> Speaking of Bakersfield, Tiffany. Yes. Tiffany, I won't do you like that. <laughs> she left the country to get as far from Bakersfield as possible. <laughs> yes, Bakersfield is the fourth world. You can be the fourth world. <laughs> You're not being the third world. But Bakersfield is the fourth world. Oh, there's the main girl over here, Tiffany! Tim M. I actually had a dog from Guam. This is something I've never said. Sorry to give your uh, location away, Tiffany, but... And Tim, I'll get to you, you fucking fucker. But, Tiffany, I had a dog I guapted... I I, I guapted? I guapted. <laughs> I adopted that was from Guam. Guamanian. Mil- military member. I, I do a lot of work on a, an Air Force base. And a military member came from Guam, adopted this street dog off the street like a, a mutt from Guam. Came here, couldn't take it with her back to like Korea or somewhere like had to get up for adoption I was moving her that day and I took the dog and I had it for many years and it's still living today with my crazy aunt Nancy oh it's not big gave it to my mom after it's still living but I adopted it but uh, my mom bonded with the dog it was her service animal if you will emotional support dog Guamanian emotional support dog and my mom took it down there. Then when my mom moved out here, when we started having to take care of her, when she had health problems, she left the dog with my crazy schizophrenic cat, Nancy. And now, yeehaw, they're spending all their time in that single while with that Guamanian dog. <laughs> Tim M. Tim M. We're getting super personal here tonight, Tim M. And I want to tell you, as much as I like the song, Tim M., you don't deserve it. You don't. Is that it? You take like your patrons back, Tim. You know what you did. <laughs> we all know what you did, Tim. <laughs> Tim, you didn't do anything. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a patron. I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm running out of steam. Whew. I don't know if I can play this banjo for that it's, much longer. It's, I've been, my, my hands are bleeding. My fingers are bleeding down. Listen to these sweet licks. These licks are from the devil. You know what? I went down to a crossroads. I sold my soul. Yeah? Yeah. Sold your soul to be the best banjo player? I sold my soul. Best damn banjo player in post-mortem? Ooh, daddy. Sold my soul to be the best banjo player. You know what? J.D. Hoare, second most most recognizable musician. Second only to who? It was Presser. It was Presser. Sold my soul, daddy. Valerie T. Speaking of selling my soul, I wasn't born with them because I came from a cursed womb. The cursed womb of Valerie T. And it was <laughs> incest. <laughs> and the hero within. <laughs> hero within closed by supporting incest since 1997. Yeehaw! And that's it. <laughs> that's Natalie. I got more patience today. We got more... We don't have any more pictures today. We don't? I, I believe I put this banjo in the recent off topic. The same banjo sound you're hearing right now. Oh, if you're yeah, not a patron, for the, the, the Goler plan. plan. Yeah. This is the backing track to a recent off topic where I told Dom a story about an incestual, uh, incestual hillbilly cannibals. In Canada. Ca- cannibal. Hillbilly Canadians, not cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference. So join our, our, join our Patreon. Yeah, you, know, they, hear about that. you get a lot of interesting stories. I actually went and read more about the Goler clan after you did that, and that, that shit is fucked up, man. 
so yeah, if you want to hear some fucked up shit from history, you want to hear some creepy pastas, you want to hear our music, you want to see some of best of JD Horror Deathmatch, go be a patron. And the song, much. the song is over, and we're out of patrons. And just now, that clip on YouTube I was playing with you, it's a guy playing banjo in blackface. <laughs> I didn't realize that that's at first. Terrible. That's terrible. Well, and you're in blackface. In, in <laughs> poor taste. Yeah, but I was in blackface before we started recording, yeah. so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for being a patron. Thank you for being a patron. And we'll see you again next week. And if it smells like fish... Throw the fucker back. <laughs>